And we are back. Episode 133 of the Speed Metal Cycling Podcast. I am your host, the Skull Crusher. I'm Klaus. And I'm Mike. There you go. And Natalia is actually on vacation today, or what the Europeans would call vacation. Or, she's on holiday. Or holiday. Yeah. So she's not joining us today because she has better things to do. As a matter of fact, I think no matter what anybody is doing right now at this moment is better than joining us. So anytime anybody's doing anything, they're doing something better than actually joining us. They have something better to do there. So I wanted to start the podcast with something very important that I noticed that it's going to blow your minds. Actually, no, it's going to illustrate actually um, how ridiculous Latin America is. The Tour of Venezuela, the Vuelta Ciclista Venezuela, took place uh, recently, like, uh, I don't know, it finished like two weeks ago or something like that. And I was looking at the top 10, and in the top 10, <laughs> the names are like, I'll just read first names. Jonathan, Jose, Jose, Juan, Juan, Jose, Andres, Jose, Juan, and Jonathan. There you go. They're That's all racist. I Juan, love Juan's, John's, or Jose's. I have a question about the Venezuela, uh, wealth of Venezuela. Yeah. The the stages have to go into Colombia for the feed zones? <laughs> if anybody follows international policy, you know exactly what it is. But, you know, one of the things that is going on in Venezuela right now that people are very concerned about is that Animals in the zoo are going without being fed. Of course, people can't even be fed. Oh, so, so all these people are like freaking out over that. And I mean, listen, dude, I'm, I love animals. And I think that zoos are a terrible thing. But let's feed people before we feed animals, right? Let's feed them giraffes. Or let's, let's feed people giraffes so that we what? kill... Well, they have a lot of neck meat. I'm just saying if people are going, you know, without food. If people are feed starving, them the feed them the giraffes, and then you kill two birds with one stone. No more starving people, no more starving giraffes. You know, the the thing that you said about the first names reminds me that when uh, Daniel from Manual for Speed went to Columbia a few years ago, one of the first things that he told me, I said, so what did you think? And he goes... How did I meet this many people named John Haido? Oh, there you go. He's like easily eight or nine in a matter of like three days. Yeah, I mean, think about it just off the top of your head. How many Juan Pablos do you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I can Weird. count five just off the top of my head super quickly. It's incredible. It's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, uh, so the Tour de France ended last Sunday. And we didn't get a chance to uh, record until now because, well, we're busy people. And Mike was on vacation out in California. And Klaus has been busy with multiple other things because he's always busy. I haven't really been doing shit. I've just been sitting around, um, sitting on my hands, as they say. Scratching my nuts, as I call it. Uh, but the Tour de France... Ended, and I don't know if we really want to talk too much about that since it's been like a week already. I can also tell you that the Tour of Poland came and went and Gaviria won two stages or three stages, which was ridiculous, but Tim Wellens won that overall. Um, 
the Tour of Poland, the female, the feminine, the female Tour of Poland, the women's Tour of Poland, was won by Yolanda Neff. Uh, the Internationale Thuringen Rundfahrt der Frauen in German in Germany uh, was won by Elena Ciccini. The let me see what other race happened. Oh yeah, the course by Le Tour de France, which is the women's like one day crit thing, the last day of the tour, which I think is a little condescending. Like here, we'll just give you a little race in the morning. I hate that, but whatever. <laughs> Chloe Hoskins won that. Yeah, can I can I say something about oh, that? Like please say something. I was thinking about this. <clears throat> if Mike, if I make you a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich, you're visiting me, I make you a nice peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Would you would you like it? Like do you like peanut butter and jelly? It's a fine sandwich, right? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, acceptable. Yeah. yeah, like I mean you're not super excited, but you're like, this is good. But then if I put you in the finest Parisian restaurant and everyone's well-dressed and you're just still there, just like eating at the same table, your peanut butter and jelly, all of a sudden you're like, okay, now I feel kind of crappy because I have everyone and they all have fine food and I'm over here with my peanut butter and jelly. So you're comparing well, women's cycling to peanut butter and jelly. Sandwiches. Not women's cycling, that race itself. I mean, any other day, if you had... Any race in the Champs-Élysées, which is, of course, it, like impossible to shut down that, you know, aside for the Tour de France. But any other day, that race would be amazing. It's just that, like, here are a bunch of dudes coming in from finishing, like, one of the world's largest sporting events. And we'll just have you make circles around the finishing. Like, they don't even allow them to do the full stage. So it would it, otherwise be a good race. It kind of, it's kind of crappy all of a sudden, you know? It's also a bit much that they make them do it on fixed gears. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Red Hook Crick took that, took that over? Yep. <laughs> Castelli took over the whole thing, yeah. Oh, it is kind of cobbled, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And how many times uh, are we going to hear, you know, that stage is not completely flat. There's a slight rise. What? What, after you come out of the tunnel? Yeah. Or, yeah, something like you come out of the tunnel and as you go toward the arc, there's like, it's like a, not quite a false flat, but every year they go, you know, it's not completely flat. Well, that's why Andre Greipel won it. Obviously, if it would have been completely flat, it would have been somebody else. Oh, so that's what did it. Yeah. And how come uh, Marcel Kittle, uh, his bike blew? What was wrong with the second wheel that they gave him? I love how he threw oh, the that. Last, uh, you mean the last stage? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, love how I he never, threw his wheel. I haven't watched the last stage of the Tour de France in probably five years. For what? me, the tour ends on Saturday. What the hell do I care? I mean, Well, if you haven't watched it, then let me tell you, you know that stage, it's not completely flat. There's a slight rise. There's <laughs> a slight rise. It's such a stupid thing. I hate you it. Can see, you can see it in HD. Oh, okay. And let me guess, yeah. do, they, do they broadcast the whole yeah. thing from the beginning? They um, should. They know, should. I think they do. One of these days, one of these days, there's going to be a break during that stage, and the break is going to go all the way. I know. Here's a question. Never, and that's never going to happen, but... If, if that happens the next day, the next year, I'll watch it. So the, I think the last exciting thing that happened was Chris Horner chasing down George Hincapi when he was allowed by the entire peloton to mm -hmm. go into the Champs-Élysées alone since he was having the new record of the most tours completed and Chris Horner chased them down. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
that was no, amazing. You know, actually, you know, this happened maybe three or four years ago, and I don't know if they've done it again since, where the tallest guy in the tour and the shortest guy in the tour switch bikes. It's like four years ago or something. It was Tom Dumoulin riding somebody else's bike, and they like it is ridiculous. It was like completely insane. Obviously, if they did that every year, I would tune in for that. But other than that, like oh, champagne. Yeah, I haven't seen that ever. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, but this year they drank beer. Oh, they did. Oh, that's awesome. In in Horner's defense, someone told someone told him that Hincapie had a fillet of fish in his back pocket. Stab sandwich. So I have a question, and maybe this has already been clarified. We should also say that Mike, since he was on on vacay, doesn't know about some of these things. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, did I did I spoil? Mike, did I, I can't spoil believe the Austin Credit came in third. <laughs> I know, guys. Before we started recording, we just told Mike the good news about Lawson Craddock, so he didn't know. But right, it's amazing. No, like, um, so maybe there was some rule, something that allowed this to happen, and I missed it. Very possible. Remember years ago, uh, I think it was Lance's last. Oh tour, they yeah, they asked jerseys. for permission. I know exactly oh, where you're yeah. going. Yeah, they asked for permission yeah. ahead of time. Oh, so Sky asked, and that's what made it okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they actually. Even back then with Ray, with the Radio Shack debacle, and people don't remember, maybe four or five years ago, Lance's last uh, tour, at the last day, they all wore a T-shirt, like a T-shirt, I mean a jersey, like a different jersey other than the Radio Shack jersey. It was like a Livestrong jersey with the number 28, I think it was like for 28 million people with cancers. I don't know. Some, yeah, something like Some that, number, yeah. I don't know, some stupid, like, ridiculous stupidity that only Lance Armstrong's people would come up with. Um, to basically use cancer to promote himself. And uh, they got fined by the UCI, and they actually were made to stop halfway through the stage and change jerseys back to their regular jerseys. And then they were fined on top of that because their jerseys didn't have their numbers on them. So anyway. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, so they asked for permission. They asked for permission. And and back then they said, like, all you had to do was just ask for permission and get the okay from the UCI, but you can't just go around just randomly changing jerseys. That's not – if that's the case, then everybody would just show up with a yellow jersey and the LCL logo and just like right That would like, be awesome. That would actually be really cool. This is how this is how Astana gets away with um, a massive organized doping campaign. Oh, that's it. <laughs> what, do you mean they, they, they use – permission? Just ask. You just ask. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say they just use cancer as like a, It's as like a, when you go to In-N-Out and you order animal style. It's not on the menu. You don't you don't see it, but you if you know about it, you order the, it. Yep. The cheese, the cheese, the cheese roll up in Taco Bell, not in the menu. You just ask. Just ask. Yeah, man. So at this tour, once again, Astana didn't win, but they showed unbelievable strength as a team. Just like at the Giro, what was it uh, last year? Towards the end, they did. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just there were stages where they were like. Yeah, well, we're just going to try super hard and put a bunch of people up there and be like the strongest team of only for a minute. You know what the secret to that is? Oh, boy. What is it? They ask for permission? No. Close. <laughs> you just you have 21 guys on your team. <laughs> well, let's let's be honest here. Uh, Sky had nine because Richie Port pretty much worked for Chris Froome the whole time. That's like You may be, you may be right. Yeah, no. It was, well, and if you ask Diego, if you add Diego Rosa to it, too, because... He's already signing for Sky, and he was, like, working with them. Like, Well. It was, yeah. So they had 10 guys working with them. It was like an internship. There you go. It's an internship. It was an unpaid internship. 
Listen, if you listen to any of the tour on NBC, as I unfortunately had to for some days, you would know that when Chris Froome goes to Tasmania, he stays with Richie Port at his house. I know. They're friends. And I see, listen, I see nothing wrong with it. Hey, I'm a big supporter of the Colombian conspiracy. If there's a (laughs) Colombian guy that needs help, another Colombian guy will help him. I have no problem with friends helping friends. I really honestly don't. I don't even care that he's against the rules. I say fuck the rules. Friends are friends. You know, like bros before hoes. Absolutely. But if your last name rhymes with Bort. (laughs) Why? Why is Chris Froome going to Tasmania? Looking for the Tasmanian devil That's for a tattoo yeah. to get it really realistic. <laughs> I met. It's like if you're gonna if you're gonna get like a, like a a tribal tattoo, you go into you know out there and get it from like a real like a Samoan like Samoan uh, guy. You don't yeah. want to get it at the boardwalk in New Jersey, so maybe that's what he was getting. He wanted a Tasmanian devil with a bike. With I don't think that I don't think that it doesn't matter what tattoo you're getting. You never want to get it in the boardwalk on, in, in Jersey. At all. Wait yeah. till you guys wait till you guys see my Yosemite Sam tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were there. You were in a vision quest for your tattoo. Please tell me that you got them. On, you got two of them right behind your uh, on your um, thighs, on the back of your thighs, just below your butt cheeks, and it's two of them matching on each side, and it says "back off" underneath both of them. Clo- like close. Close. on my calves. Yeah. Oh, your calves. No. So for those that have not met Mike. Mike actually on his calves has two pistons, one in each leg. <laughs> actually, so intimidating when you ride a bike behind oh, him. You're like, seen... How am I going to go faster with his pistons <laughs> firing <laughs> on all two cylinders? I'm very proud to say that I've never seen um, Mike in the buff. So I don't know for a fact, but as far as I can tell, you don't have any tattoos, do you? I don't have any. Good for you. Have you ever thought about getting one? Aside from Yosemite Sam, <laughs> no, I haven't because I don't know because I don't honestly don't know what I would get. The Pistons, you just got the idea. They're just implied. <laughs> 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 but anyway, back to. Um, I feel like we're ignoring me. the eight hundred pound gorilla in the room, which is what the Nido the Chris. Well, before oh, Nido long. Oh, believe me, we can talk about Nairo for about an hour, but right now there's a name the eighty the eighty pound gorilla. Yeah. Okay. People yeah, I, I would, yeah. based on the fact that the first like twenty episodes of this podcast got an average of like hundred and ten downloads, I am positive that the grand vast majority of the people listening today do not remember when I said People need to remember this name, Peter Sagan. You'll see back then I probably called him Peter Sagan. You guys got to see, there's two guys coming up. It's this guy, Peter Sagan, and Edward Boasenhagen. I was probably pronouncing it wrong at the time, too. These two kids are amazing. And so, all right, fine. That was 2009, 2010. Now I'm telling you there's another name that you got to look for. Julian Alaphilippe. No, 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 not well. Yeah, I mean, keep an eye on the dude, of course. But Sandra Holst, just remember that name, Sandra Holst. He's like the next Thor Hushoft, the next Christoph, the next famous tattoo artist, the next Norwegian (laughs) superstar. No, he's amazing. Just Sandra Holst. Wait, but we are now. We're talking about this. We are ignoring (laughs) Nigel. No, 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 no. We're still talking about the Tour de France. He was in the tour. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Did he place above the law syncretic? Impossible. Impossible. Uh, is it possible? I, I don't. I actually don't know. There's not that many spots on the podium. <laughs> did they add more rungs to that ladder? No. You know, I cannot believe that I'm so unprepared that I don't have the. Okay, here we go. What's uh, is that guy's name? Sandra. Sounds like a yeah, Sandra. S O N D R E. He finished one hundred and forty first. And where's Craddock? Just behind Steve Cummings. Um, let's see. I'm looking back to see if, hoping. Just that. do a Apple F for Craddock. Craddock, 124th. Oh, Craddock beat him. So much for your theory. <laughs> yep, apparently this guy sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he's a sprinter, so. So oh, yeah. I have a question about Naito, and this is something that, I mean, I guess it happens in a lot of sports, but I've prim- primarily heard fans of American football say it. They'll say, well, you know, the Raiders, they... It's not that they lost that game. They just didn't win it. <laughs> like, they'll say, or they'll say, like, they weren't terrible. They were really good. The other team was just better. Or sometimes they'll say, well, they really lost it. Like, they were worse. Like, they deserve that loss. No, 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 no. So, Listen, Quintana lost the Tour de France. So Froome didn't say, win But How? with NFL reasoning, <laughs> I think Froome won it. Of course, he was stronger, of course. But Froome was not insanely overpowering and mind you he did go for it and did but it was not no i mean chris room was not chris room was not tested this tour at all i don't think he was really tested last tour either but he was not fully tested nobody was actually at his level i think the only other guy that was in good form he just it just the, the situation just didn't present itself was probably richie port and yeah. Maybe, maybe Alejandro Valverde were the two guys that seem to I'm telling you, they seem to Valverde always be there. Player. And the times the times that Alejandro okay. Valverde fell and like basically didn't finish with the main group is because he actually worked for Quintana. So who knows what could have happened if he would have actually if you know try actually mm-hmm. I know it would have happened. Chris Froome still would have won, but um I mean, there was there were guys that had they were really 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 good form. I think that Bauke Molema was in really good form. I think that Sergio Enao yeah. was in great form. Uh, Mikel Nieve God. looked yes. amazing. Hardinson Pantano, obviously, the last week he was a yes. killer. Yeah, I hope to God that his agent or whoever is managing his affairs waited as long as possible to get him a new contract. If there was any doubt that he was going to get a contract after the, the tour of Switzerland, of course that was put to rest, and I'm sure he got a sizable payday. He must because he was amazing. Sergio now was great. Yeah, but he, and he just he just resigned with Sky as well. I don't know if you knew that. So yeah, so, so, so he's so who was the highest? Was Nairo still the highest placed Colombian? Yeah, yeah, he finished third. Roman Bardet finished second. By the way, Roman Bardet played that. He played it perfectly, man. He like basically stayed quiet, and nobody saw him, just under the radar. And then he attacked on the right day, and he finishes in the party. Hail Mary pass. He, yeah, unbelievable. Loved it. Great, great, great. Well, the second Colombian was a now. He was twelfth, and then Pantano, who was nineteenth. Which that's a thing. I mean, if I think if now hadn't been working for Chris Froome, he could have maybe been top five, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, for what that's worth, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah, you never, sure. you obviously never know, because then he wouldn't have been. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's you can't say that ever, but um, unless you're Christian Vandevelde and you're still doing the math about that one year when he could have like. Yeah, I mean, well, I if I would have, if they would have, yeah, I mean, I remember when Rigoberto Turan during the during the Giro d'Italia was, they were like, oh, if he would have, if who, if he would not lost those two minutes during that one stage, then he would have won the Giro or whatever. And it's like, no, because if he would not lost those two minutes, then people would have been more keen to his attacks, and they wouldn't have let him do this. And they it's, I it's do important. have to say though that when Andy Schleck dropped his chain, like, and he lost, I think, thirty six seconds, and then he lost the tour by like thirty six. Like, when it starts to be that clear cut, it's still, I mean, there's a million ways that could have gone, but I'm sure when he falls asleep, he still hears that chain dropping and those 36 seconds going by to this day. Speak. That's my guess. Yeah, probably. Speak. And Frank Schleck was at the Tour de France. Yes, he was. He actually, I just saw he finished uh, 34th, which is not bad. Not at all. Right, behind, right behind Domenico Pozzovivo. Who was a complete wow. disappointment. Yeah. What Warren Bargui, complete disappointment. I mean, not complete disappointment. Just, I mean, people that I just thought they were going to be farther up there. But, I mean, whatever. Pierre Roland, obviously. Just the people in France just want to fucking kill him now. You know who... Um, one guy that just kept going for it and, like, going for broke, as it were, was Dan Martin. Yeah, man. God bless that dude. Yeah. Like, even... He's going to put everything into it, even if the attack only means that he's going to get three seconds and then lose them right away. And then, yeah. Like, I mean, it's kind of maybe not the smartest way to race, but it's how a stupid guy that doesn't know how to race like me would race. <laughs> not saying he's stupid. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. It was just like, just keep trying. I don't know. See what happens. Let's try to go here. Okay, well, and I'll, I'll he's know. Yeah, and he's so candid in interviews afterwards, and he just basically says that, ah, you know, let's just see what happens. Which is awesome. Yeah. Well-deserved top 10. He finished 9. Ala Philippe, same way. Like yeah. Pantano, just kept trying something. Sometimes it looked amazing. Sometimes you barely saw it on TV, but he was always trying something. No, no, no. That was amazing. Uh, Adam Yates, <coughs> superb Tour de France. Superb Tour de France. Oh, God, yeah. Jesus, that that's amazing with that. I mean, you know, people are always like, well, he's so young. I mean, it's beyond the fact that he's young. He is green as hell. He's How about very, very uh, Louis Menches? I expected more from Louis Mentius. What? He came in eighth. I know, and God bless him. But <clears throat> last year, he was one of my favorite riders, and I expected him to finish top five this year. Wow. Um, and, and but he's in Lamprey now. Like, I know, and it's funny <laughs> because every time I think about Lamprey, I'm like, shit, if that guy would have just stayed put in MTN Quebec or whatever they're called now. But who knows? I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is better for him for some reason. I don't know. Is Lamprey, this is completely unrelated, but kind of related. Lamprey, Merida, are they losing Merida as a sponsor now that that other team has Merida as a sponsor? Or are they... Who else has Merida now? Uh, is it called like Bahrain Merida? I think it is the Bahrain team. Is that really happening? Yeah, it's happening, dude. They freaking hey, do. They basically have Nibali oh, signed. Wow. Yeah, Jesus, I didn't know that was really going to happen. Yeah, with man. the Prince guy who threatens people's lives on national TV that's on YouTube. He didn't threaten Klaus. It wasn't national TV, all right. It was just local TV. <laughs> it was public <laughs> access. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
Well, Guys, this is my brother keeping me on my toes. Yeah. No, apparently, uh, all the guys are going to be made to wear turbans while they race. Oh, that is so racist. Sorry. Here's, you want, oh, here's a question Shoot. and a pet peeve. Why does Carlton Kirby say Pantano? <sighs> Pantano. When mm, even yeah. Sean Kelly, who, mis, who mispronounces Pantomime. every name, he actually says Pantano. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't know why that happens. It's very annoying. I'm going to tell you something that actually um, reminds me of something that I wanted to bring up. So at some point, all the Eurosport feeds that I was looking at were just no good. I was just kind of tired of them. And the quality wasn't very good. So I found an ITV4 one. And I always thought that ITV4 meant Paul Sherwin and, and um, what's his face? Phil. No. Phil Liggett, um, but it isn't. It's actually some random dude and some other random. And they're not randoms, but I can't. My names escape me right now. And your friend Klaus, um, Matt Rendell. Matt Rendell. Yeah, and, I say Rendell. Well, I say Pantano. <laughs> <laughs> I say Tomato. Well. Um, Anyway, it's actually not bad at all. They have a pre-stage and a post thing and, like, a couple of shows. Very interesting. The guys pronounce the names way better. I'm going to miss Sean Kelly, but I don't think I'm going to go back to Eurosport, to tell you the truth. I know it's shocking. I've actually only... I mean, dude, Carlton Kirby is so off on the name pronunciations, and he's always talking about how he knows French. He doesn't know shit French. The the translations to every single interview in Italian and Spanish and German are so off. It's just, it's it's ridiculous. It's stupid. All, and he talks about wine. All that. Like, who cares about wine? Wine is so <laughs> stupid. Almost wine is the dumbest the liquid since coffee. Us. What's Did you class? just say wine is stupid? <laughs> wine is the dumbest liquid since coffee. <sighs> I hate them both. Mike, don't take the bait. I think that should be the podcast title. <laughs> wine, wine is the is stupidest stupid. liquid. Wine is stupid. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say wine so, is the dumbest liquid since coffee. That's too long I think for no, you, will lose, you will lose all the, listen, all the cyclists that love coffee. Well, which, which is like 99%. Which is like I didn't say I didn't say people that drink coffee are stupid. They're just uh, misaligned. Yeah, but people take that, I, people take that personally. Yeah, they do. Cyclists love coffee and beers. Yeah, they do. Ah, uh, yeah, I love beer. Uh, no, and some then of them wealthier, like, older cyclists love wine. Yeah, yeah. But so I know if if we had an infographic of how much time we've spent on different topics on this podcast. A huge slice of the pie or whatever, how you envision it, would be us complaining about broadcasters. And rightly so. We just can't help ourselves. Yeah, but I'm telling you, but if you guys get a chance to watch ITV4, then do it. It's worth it. How just did you watch it? Because I saw a couple of those in when I was in England a couple of years ago. But I've never found those as as one of the feeds I, available. It's always Eurosport. It was kind of random. It was kind of I was just pushing links randomly. It's one of those things where you just chase things around, and I just it just popped up, and I was like, oh, this is in English. This is interesting. And then I saw the the ITV4 watermark, and um, it was yeah yeah. I mean, it was it was really very interesting. I still I like think that. we should figure out a way to do a live commentary of a stage. I oh, really so want Imagine. to do it. It would be so bad. It I really so bad. want to do it. It would be like Mystery Science Theater 3000, except terrible. 
actually, if you want, we could do one. We don't even have to air it live. We could just do a five-minute oh, highlights reel of us really doing it live. It would be so bad. We wouldn't know who anyone no. is. <laughs> Except for Pantano. Yes. <laughs> that would be yes. it. We, we don't know anything. But I know we complain about a lot about that stuff, but one thing that I noticed, and I mentioned this to my brother. Mike, I don't know if you caught this. It was on NBC. So, of course, right away when it's, you know, Paul Sherwin and Phil Liggett, of course, like, it's ridiculous. So this is the least of the problem. But something that struck me as interesting was they said this several times that now – the Tour de France, for the first time since Bernard Hinault, has a patron. You know, the, the mm. boss man. Who is this? Chris Froome. Get out. Yeah. Okay, Mike. Well, okay, those, those, two, those two fuckers are senile old men. They don't know. I know they are. A but bike that's from a their own asses. So. omission. Because I don't know if they remember that they both worked for a guy that kind of had a hold on that race pretty fucking well. See, I cursed. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? So, yes, I understand. And believe me, I am not one to stand for Lance Armstrong. I don't care about the Whatever. I'm over it. But I don't like the guy. But So you can say, well, he didn't win those tours. Whatever you want. But to he say ran- this is the first time since Bernardi, no? He ran. The- no, Lance ran that shit. Of course he did. Of course he did. Not only, I mean, is there any doubt about the kind of person that he is and his personality and how he ran everything? No, there is no doubt on earth. And by the way, now on top of that, put seven tours. Come on. And Chris Froome's personality is kind of like Tintin. He doesn't just look that way. (laughs) You know what I mean? Speaking of, um, before I forget, Bernardi, no, that was his last podium. This was his last podium. No, no yeah. way. Yeah, he's retiring. down. Yeah. Whoa! I wonder if he's still going to be at the tour. He must. He's stepping down, literally. Literally stepping off the podium. Down. Who's going to do security now at the podium? <laughs> Lance. <laughs> <laughs> well, the next patron. Uh, no, it's going to be. Can you imagine? What? Oh my god. Lance Armstrong did that. Unbelievable. Amazing. We've got to make that happen. Holy get somebody um, on the phone. Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say. I'm going to get my well, people on the phone. Well, even if he doesn't want to go to France because he would, I don't know, maybe he's like now or whatever, but they could have a hologram like Tupac <laughs> at Coachella. Um, oh, I, I just looked it up. Is Gary Imlach and Chris Boardman. Are the two main commentators? Ooh, I don't know the form. Gary Im- I don't know me is. either. But he's pretty good. He pronounces Gary the names Imlach. properly overall, and uh, I can tell you that uh, it's 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 better. I mean, Chris Boardman knows what he's talking about. Obviously, he's clearly, no, yeah. he's no Sean Kelly, unfortunately. But Matt you know Lennon, what I love about Kelly? Uh, uh, always love about Kelly. He says Tour of France. <laughs> <laughs> Well, when I when when I told my bike when I went, what the hell? what is going on? Ooh, yeah, I was gonna say when I told my wife and I said my brother turned into Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> I was gonna say when I told my wife and I said when I told my bike, but anyway, whoa, whoa, whoa! When I told my wife that I was like, oh, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna watch the show on, yeah, the tour on Eurosport anymore, and you know these two guys are blah blah. blah. She goes, what? No more thirty. 
No more 30. No more 33rd. No more classes. And what about 40? That's 40. Farty. 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 No more farty. And 30. And no classes. Yeah, it's going to be really sad. But if I made a t shirt that said 20 seconds, I think anyone would buy it. Oh, yeah. Down on the classament? Of course. Perfect. Uh, I think so. It limited run, but for sure. But wait, I just thought of something. How great would it be if your GPS or Waze or whatever app you like, if the voice that guided you was Sean Kelly's? Oh, that would be the best. Oh. I always wanted to. Because you know they have like guest voices sometimes on those. I just used Waze for the first time in California. I didn't even know what it was. What oh, is that? Because wow. you're it's a like a traffic app. Yeah. It's, it's a lifesaver. It's amazing. And I've now been to many places where without it, it's murder to drive like you're just so asking for is it like is it like pokemon go then (laughs) without that app is murder anywhere you go what do you think uh, there's a lot of pro cyclists playing pokemon go probably oh that's a good question there's a lot of everything playing i know there's a lot of them that use tinder (laughs) i know there's a lot of them that use (laughs) grinder well did i I've mentioned this here before. It's a story that Jeremy Powers told uh, several people. And was it Kenny Powers, it, maybe? No, no, no. And it, it was Jeremy first Powers. published in the Competitive Cyclist blog, and I got permission and ran it on mine. But Jeremy Powers was doing the Tour of California, and one of the guys from Quick Step kept holding his moussette for long after he was done eating. And they were like... Dude, what's that guy doing? Like he's holding on, and he, it's in his hand. And finally, they go by this group of like young, attractive girls, and he throws it right at their feet. They're like, "Are you? You just wanted to give it to them? Like, what? What was the deal?" And he's like, "Oh, I put an attractive Polaroid of myself in there with my phone number, so I just throw it to them." <laughs> Old Belgian trick. That's the original Tinder. Yes, that was like analog Belgian Tinder. Exactly. I, I think he got a left swipe with that one, though. Sorry to tell him. Left swipe yeah, is when left, you don't want it. Bad. Left wipe is when you don't want it, right? Oh, left okay. swipe. Yeah, I think it is. I can't remember which one's which. Likewise, there was another story. Um, the guy from, I think it's like a Hincapie development guy that I interviewed for Manual for Speed. And at the Tour of California, he had one of those a couple years ago or something. It was the first year they were allowing those cameras, and he was using one of the Shimano cameras that was man- mounted on his handlebar for the whole race. And he was next to a European guy. I don't think he said what team he was for, but it was like a pro tour guy. And the guy went on for like 25 minutes into a really detailed story about cheating on his wife during a race <laughs> and what the girl was like, like every single thing. And everyone was like, whoa, like he's saying it like super loudly, like he's really proud or whatever. And the guy was like very proud of himself, like looking back, like, yeah, that was a good story. And then he was like, is that camera on? And the guy was like, yeah. <laughs> Does it have sound? He's like, Yes. <laughs> That is brilliant. So somewhere, the people from Shimano USA have like this really detailed account of a high-level Euro pro cheating on his wife. That's almost as good as the uh, George Brett, I shit my pants video. <laughs> You've seen that one? <laughs> yeah. Wait, have I? No. Wait, what are you talking about? George Brett was like, it was like batting practice in the Royals, and George Brett was just telling like some rookie story no, about how he shit his pants in Las Vegas. <laughs> Like during a game? No, no, in a casino. <laughs> oh, okay. 
Still, I I'll love send it to you. It's great. Um, so you know, um, Cannondale Ray Pack had like was the last like in the in the order in the classification of teams and how much money they made. Of course, Sky was first. Uh, Cannondale Drap Pack or Dray Pack was last, and he was Ooh. only like fourteen thousand euros. Didn't Jonathan Vardas just go to business school? <laughs> Seems he got an MBA so he could do this, so he could drive the team into the ground. <laughs> Dude, think about this. Fortunale Vital Concept made more money, like 6,000 pounds more, really? euros more. That's ridiculous. Of course, he would say that's not how you quantify a good tour. But of course not. So how do you quantify it? Based on which one Pierre of your guys was is French, and he was there, and that made the uh, French right. feel good. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, okay. So then, yeah, I guess then in that case, he had a good tour. I don't know. We keep saying this, but that team needs something. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know they won a Giro d'Italia. I know they've done great things. When? Two years uh, ago? Three years face? ago? Canadian man. Yeah, that's what I know. I, I know it happened. That was three years ago. Well, if it had happened to my team, I would still be talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're right. Hey, uh, speaking of having a good tour, that Ilnur Sakharin had a really good tour, and then he's not going to the Olympics because the because of the whole doping thing. The IOC said, nope, that Ilnur Sakharin can't come here. So he's clean enough to do the Tour de France, but not clean enough to do the Olympics. Mm, yeah. What the hell is that about? Don't ask. start asking. Don't start ask. asking yourself too many questions because you'll bend your mind into a pretzel. For example, as I pointed out before, Alejandro Valverde is better now that he's older and clean than he was when that he was when he was dirty. Exactly, which goes to prove to every cyclist out there: be clean. Look at, look at him. He's <laughs> work hard, and as you get older, you'll improve. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It makes sense. total sense. And, and your hair, will, your hair will stay attached to your head. Barely. <laughs> and I can tell you that something else about Ilnur Sakharin is if you see a photo of him without his helmet and sunglasses, he looks like a cartoon villain. Like he looks like the bad oh, guy. Really? Like, like I, I, you just have to see him. Just like it's just weird. He has a pointy chin, and he's just so weird looking, dude. And I do have to say there, he dopes. There are riders that when they win a race or something, and I pay attention to them or I see them give an interview after. Afterwards, I go, I don't think I know what he looked like. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, that was true for, uh, what was his name? Who was second at the tour? The French guy who... Uh, Roland. Pierre Roland. Uh, Pierre Roland. No, no, no. Um, oh, no, sorry. No, Pierre Roland's king. Bardet. Bardet. Right. I was like, I don't think I would have picked him out of a lineup, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, at the top 10, how many people would you would you know what Roman Kreuziger... Well, he's been around for a minute. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. What he yeah. Looks like. Daniel Martin, of course, I know what he looks yes. like. Louis Manchies, would you know what he looks like? Nope. Nope. You could trick me. You could trick me. Okay, Rodriguez, Valverde, obviously you know. Richie Porte, yep. you know. Adam Yates, you know, right? Yeah. Uh, Quintana, Bardet, and Froome. Yeah, you're right. Bardet, I wouldn't know. Manchies, yeah, I wouldn't know either. Uh, By the way... Hmm. Having Yates be this uh, good at the tour reminded me of Sean Yates' greatest cycling moment. Which is? In the documentary that they made in the UK about Robert Millar, where they're out training and they're mic'd for sound and they ride by some girls and Sean Yates goes, ooh la la, look at those girls. They don't wear bras over here, do they? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh. He's like super into it, and Robert Miller doesn't say a word. Yates is the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think Robert Miller is like, uh, I think you forgot that we have mics on, dude. Keep your mouth shut. Dude, did you guys get an email from Natalia? During, I can't remember. I, I can't remember if it was Natalia. I got an email from somebody that referred to the Alps as the savior of the tour because he was kind of a little stale after that. As, uh, Obi Alps Kenobi. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like Natalia. <laughs> I think it was. Save us. Um, and speaking of Save Us, do you think that overall this was a boring Tour de France? I was getting bored and I only watched uh, till the 18th, the 17th. Mm. Look, I, don't know. I can't comment on the rest. I can't comment on the last week, but I was like, uh, I can see where this is going. It had crazy moments, but if there's no real con- contenders, power struggle... I mean, look, if you thought this was a great tour, then what can I say? You can have Chris Froome running up a hill all you want, but I'd rather have better racing. And by the way, have we talked about this? And maybe a million people thought about this. All cycling fans that run along cyclists when they're on their bikes, then they have one that's actually running and they don't run next to him. Yeah. Well, no, that's when you ride your bike next to him. See, there always has to be somebody (laughs) running and somebody on a bike. That's the rules. Or you take his bike and ride that one. I would have thrown my TV out the window if that happened. <laughs> Let's. Um, so, do you think that what the commissaires did was fair? About the running? Yeah. Oh, I actually have. A, I have actually have a, uh, an opinion on this. Please, right. this please. Stuff. I like it. You go. I actually. <laughs> Mike has an opinion for once. And I feel like it's an informed opinion. Ooh. Please. I think Chris Froome should be docked. The time that he spent running without a bicycle. Okay. I don't know how long that was. Let's let's say it was twelve seconds. I think he should have been docked twelve. I don't think that's legal. No, it is actually it's not a legal. Foot race. It's legal. It is. It's most definitely legal. Think about the the, the Tour of Flanders when guys run up the with a bike, or I mean yeah, you're allowed. No, to. no, but with a he didn't have a bike. You're allowed to run. Actually, no, you, I don't as think long as what you no no no. Actually, you I thought you were supposed to get kicked out for that. Exactly. <laughs> no 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 no. As long I, as you I, don't I know it, I know it pertains to crossing the finish line. You can cross yes. the finish line on foot with a bicycle. Yes. But he was running quite a ways without a bicycle. I think he should be docked that time. It wouldn't have made any difference in the tour, but I just thought the next day I was like, huh? Why don't they just? Because I think it was Balcomolema or someone was like, this is BS. Yeah, Balcomolema was. Yeah. He got and screwed. He got thing. screwed. I think since they moved the finish line, for whatever reason, they didn't do a good enough job with the barriers. They were afraid that if they docked him, whatever, they would look bad because it was on them, quote unquote, that the audience was so close to the motorcycles or whatever. And uh, then Rupert Murdoch would come after them. No, don't don't quote unquote it. It's definitely true. It was their fault. They moved the the they moved the finish line and didn't move the barriers down. It was definitely their fault. I have fault. to say, I'm such a I guess a stickler for detail that the whole time I'm like, is anyone ever going to tell me what happened to his bike? I always I know wonder. What happened to it. Oh yeah, I no. Still what to it. You can definitely, yeah. He's oh, got, run over, it got run over by a motorcycle behind him. Right behind him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the the rear so got pulled over broke. to the side. Oh, I. So he picked he picked it up and was like, oh, this is useless, and just dropped it and started running. Oh, oh so but know. so Mike, what you're saying is, if he would have picked it up, 
and carried it with them while he was yeah. running out. He could, have, he could have finished the whole race that way. That's fine. It's totally legal. And what was okay. wrong with the Mavic bike? Uh, his pedals. It looked like the pedals, but it also maybe looked like the gears. I don't know. It's, it's a bike. It's been set up. The, the, the Mavic Neutral Service is not going to put a bike on the roof that is not working. It has to be. It's perfectly fine. He just wears speed plays. And obviously, they're I not going to have speed plays. I thought bikes. some of those had, like, toe cages. But even if, you ha- if he has toe cages, how is he going to get his, like, I mean, think about speed plays have those cleats that are like seven inches below yeah, like, the speed, the it's speed like backwards it's like it's backwards like seven inch heels yeah I, I actually called speed place backwards stilettos they're ridiculous so maybe that's You're what it was or maybe after walking up the hill he messed up his cleats so by the time they got him uh, a bike he couldn't clip in because he's he didn't cleats. put his little cafe covers he on did, he didn't put the cafe covers on you're supposed to carry those in your back pocket <laughs> I always do yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> How does he not do that? What an amateur! Uh, Klaus, do you have an opinion on the whole situation? On I mean, on the on the decision of the commissaries? I think to be a little balanced, it should have been something like docking. It it shouldn't have been a wash. Well, the problem with it being a wash, I mean, it really wasn't a wash. But the problem with them giving Froome and Richie Poor the same time as Baukemolema, the way that I look at it. I mean, it, this has nothing to do with the fact that Froome was going to lose the yellow jersey to Yates and basically move Quintana to second. It has nothing to do with it, the fact that I like both of those guys. I just think that if you look at it from Molema's perspective, he crashed just like the other two guys did. He was just quicker on his feet and was able to get up the mountain quicker. These two other guys fell behind, literally. I know, they fell in front of him and then fell behind. And they basically got that time bonus and they said, no, 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 he basically, they finished with you. So then why should he have, why did he get out of getting up faster and then riding up the rest of the stage by himself? He didn't get anything out of that. He might as he might as well right. have just stayed with them. Yeah. So I, I, from his perspective, it is a little bullshitty. I. And the other thing too is that there's been plenty of other occasions where tour, like the ASO, has been responsible for crashes, and never have they ever gone back and fixed anything, uh, stage results, GC timing, any of that. So in this specific case, I understand it was very close to the finish. It was already a hectic stage, and it involved, obviously, the leader of the race. I understand that. But I don't know. I, I think that I think that it would have been crazy for them to be like, all right, this is the way that it stands. Sorry, Chris Froome is fifth or fourth or whatever it is. Tough shit. You crashed. I think that it would have been tougher for them to do that at the moment, at the time that it happened. But after a couple of days, I think everybody would have been like, well, that's racing, so let's just keep going. I think they were just so scared because the motorcycle situation, for different reasons, has been so iffy. You're right, and Juan Antonio Flecha and those guys, like, what did they do for them when they got thrown into barbed wire? But I know it wasn't the GC guy on a mountain stage, but... Yeah, no, but exactly, but Juan Antonio Flecha made made the point, just that. Oh, so you're going for the Tour de France, so somehow you're more important. I was going for a stage. That's 
Chris Froome is here to win the Tour de France. I'm here to win a stage. Are you saying that one is more important than the other when it comes to a rider? That's what I'm here for. I'm putting my ass on the line to win a stage and my breakaway gets taken out by a car and Johnny Hoogerland ends up like in barbed wire like a dead cow. It, and they, not only did they not do anything, time-wise... They were like, uh, tough shit, I guess Johnny Hoogerland's gonna start losing a bunch of time from now on because he fucking has three-inch gashes all over his ass. I mean, it's... So I know. And then Nairo Quintana went by holding onto the motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, I, I mean, I don't know. Listen, either we have it one way or we have it the other. And this is not because Chris Froome is Chris Froome or because I just... Froome. Is it? Is it just... A racing incident. It's not a racing incident because there was no racing going on, of course. But it's it's racing. It's the way that it is. So tough shit. What are you gonna do, Mike? What would Sean Yates Sean Yates say about racing? Well, it's bike racing, isn't it? <laughs> See, <laughs> that's exactly what he would say. Yeah, probably. That's what it is. Yeah, it's it's. I know that it's it's, it's forever going to be debated, just like chain gates, moto gates is going to be debated forever. But that's I, I I don't I don't I also understand that there's no right answer. There's nothing they could have done or said that everybody was going to be happy with. So they probably went like, you know what? What what's going to make the least people the, the least people angry is this. Let's just kind of sort of. And that I think is the last word on that because it's absolutely true. Regardless of what you think of what it should have been or whatever, that's how the decision I think was made. Hmm. What's going to piss off the least people and just kind of appease things and make it go away and just move on rather than what is the fairest thing according to the rules. Hmm. I think. So... um... Hey, Mike, do you know what Pantano means in Spanish? It's just funny because I, I just realized that Pantano actually means something in Spanish. What does it mean? It means uh, uh, shit, swamp. No. Yes. He's the swamp thing. He's the swamp thing. <laughs> he is the swamp thing. Why well, would you name That's your next T-shirt design right there. Oh, it's his last name. Oh, but why? I don't know. I don't know. Like there's funny you're, last names you're in named English. After a sprig, which is nothing. <laughs> a delicious, a delicious piece of herb. herb. Oh, is that what it is? Like a sprig. Oh like yeah, a I guess. Sprig so. of parsley. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're named after a tiny bit of parsley that I grab right. uses in a soup to not hey, to make it too spicy. I don't remember where I saw this. I don't remember where I saw this, but Cavendish. Uh, there is like a is like a compilation video of Cavendish making fun of this guy from Danish TV. Like yes. every day, making fun of what he was wearing. Did That's great. This? The flowered shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Larry's like, Karen, she's doing a fashion police on this poor Danish dude. He wasn't even listening to the questions. The guy would come I, up with a question. And I you know. could see Kevin just scanning his shirt, and then he'd be like, "Before that, <laughs> let's talk about what's going on right here." I have to say that in recent history, I only wish we could have had more of this in our lives. But two cyclists that, when they are in a great mood, are amazing interviews and funny are Mark Cavendish and the rare Wiggins interview when he's in a good mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very rare. The dude is really funny, super informative, but we only got to see it like after he quit Sky. Yeah. Which makes sense. Um, Guy was sucking the funny out of him. (laughs) (laughs) I think Sky sucks the fun out of the tour every year. 
tell you that. What a team. Jesus. Remember how before the tour, before the tour, we said, like, oh, who has a better team and whatever? Jesus, Lord almighty. What did I say? You said Sky, I, say I think. When you're going up against Sky, usually Kirienka is stronger than Movistar as a whole, including Quintana. Oh, totally. totally. <laughs> yeah. Scary. Okay. So, you know how before the tour, we assigned four dudes to the four of us? And I know you guys haven't looked. I hope you haven't looked because I haven't. I haven't. Okay, so let's go with um, Natalia first. So, uh, Hollenstein. Holstanger. No, Holland. Hollenstein. Holland. Nope. That's not the name of the guy. What? Oh. Reto. Hollenstein from I Am Cycling Swiss. He's 90, he finished 97th. Not bad. All right, 97th. So he's in the top 100. That's not bad. Klaus, you were Antonio or Angelo Tulik. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Did he finish? I don't think he finished, dude. Uh-oh. Uh, Angelo, you had one job. <laughs> Nope, Angelo didn't finish, so sorry, buddy. You're out. What did we say Craddock was at? Fifth. Uh, uh, 124. Respectable. A respectable 124th. And then my boy Daniel McClay, who placed in a bunch of the sprints. Uh... Oh, did he finish? He oh, no. Don't tell me he didn't finish. I can tell you there's four Daniels. Did you say he, he was up there in some of the sprints? He either didn't finish or it's like 165th. <laughs> well, there's four Daniels in the Tour de France. Daniel Martin, uh, Danny Moreno, uh, Daniel Tekehalhamanot, and Danny and McClay. Klaus, you said what? 100 and what? 65th. 170th. Wow. But he, there's and, another day. And there was 174 finishers. Sam Bennett gets the Lantern Rouge. Dude, Daniel McClay finished the last out of our guys, and Natalia won that one. Being that it was completely random, she didn't really win yeah. because of skill. Listen, there's another say. Daniel. Daniel Lloyd from GCN. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dork. Yes, yes, yes. I found out recently that in post-tour criteriums, they no longer invite the Lantern Rouge. Really? Yeah, really? I don't know that's, if that's true, but... That's totally shitty, man. Speaking I know, of, it's like your one thing. Speaking of phony competitions... Um, <laughs> yeah. The Olympics. Velo game, no, the Velo Games League. The Who fl- won? Tour de Flizzard, as Natalia says. Uh, <laughs> that guy Tim from OORR. Oh, get out, really? Yeah. Destroyed. He also came in like second or third in the giant Velo Games League. In like so the overall thing? Wow. That's so amazing. Congratulations. He wins the Kermit cap. Wow. I'm going to ask an embarrassing question. If it's too embarrassing, edit this in post. What is OORR? It's his Kickstarter cycling apparel company. Oh, Remember we I, talked about yeah, this. Okay, we talked about this. I was like, wait, is this something I should really know? And I don't know. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Maybe it's pronounced or, but it looks like O-O-R. Well, isn't that, I thought you were saying O-A-R, and I'm like, isn't that like a weird hippie jam band? I think it is. Is it? Like Mo and Or. Hmm. I, eh, maybe I'm off. 
If there's any hippie jam band people out there, correct me. Um, jam band people. Do you think jam band people like admit to being jam band people? Is there a lot of crossover between that and like uh, cycling? You think? Is there a lot of is there a lot of crossover between jam band people and human beings like <laughs> Homo sapiens? I don't know. Look, I'll say this: I went to see Steely Dan play just a couple of years ago, which already you can make fun of me for That's that. That's not a jam band. No, it's not. But let me say this. There was a lot of dudes there wearing like Tommy Bahama, like bowling shirts. Sure. And they were drinking wine. And I was like, you're like, sure. I like, that's, yeah. like 35% of these people watched the tour de front. <laughs> like they struck me as these kinds of guys that are just like, you know, I've gotten to a point in my life where I just deserve a nice bike and uh, Tommy Bahama shirt. <laughs> like I suddenly felt like there was crossover. I don't think that there is, dude. I mean, I'm sure there is some, but yeah, no. <laughs> no, I, mean, I can't think of somebody like just chilling the rollers in their garage, like listening to fish. Like, I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem. But, but maybe, I don't know. I don't freaking know. But Hey 19. Now there's a song. <laughs> right? That's what I'm saying. Amazing oh musicians. Tour of Utah. When is the Tour of Utah start? Next week. All right. That's a big race. That's going to give us something to talk about. And then also transfers, which are obviously now with uh, uh, at least one new team confirmed, if not two. And Tinkoff and I am disbanding. There's going to be plenty of fish to be had. And then Nibali. Wait, is Tinkoff really, really going away? Bjorn Reese is not stuck yeah, in he, or anything he, like that? Didn't Oleg Tinkoff say something like, oh, cycling existed before I was here and it'll exist after I leave or something? So, yeah. He's, he's done. I think he's going to become the uh, press officer for the Trump campaign. So I just <laughs> I thought that was Robert Ailes. But I thought someone was going to buy his license. I just assumed that. No, yeah. I mean, I, it's probably going to be, I mean, the Bahrain team or whatever the other new team is. Or someone whatever, will buy it. Know. Yeah, so, you know, I was looking at this small race in France. That uh, Colombian team Manzana Postalone is doing. And I don't know what level it is. But, you know, it's all little small teams. And it's weird that sometimes you assume that certain companies or teams or things are completely out of cycling. And I was surprised to see, number one, Rabobank development men's team. Yeah, and then Fasa Bortolo. Is that where you're going? Leopard. Oh, really? I mean, maybe I think someone's you mean, using I think you mean name. Leopard. What? Leopard, Leopard. Yeah, maybe it's like a Luxembourgian thing. Because I know that Farsa Bortolo has a women's team. I mean, maybe it's some of the same people and they just kept that name because it's still the same, you know, group of people or something. But it is weird that you're like, oh, I forgot. Like Rabobank is still out there. Maybe maybe the, the race that you're referring to is so small, in fact, that it's just a bunch of dudes that just went and bought leopard or leopard jerseys and just wearing them randomly. So I don't know if I ever mentioned this before. At the 1984 Dauphiné Libre, where the Colombian team went there and Martin Ramirez won, they didn't have a kit, so they just went to a store and bought matching Castelli jerseys. There you go. <laughs> and they were burgundy dark blue like yeah burgundy because they were the only ones they could find that many of that's awesome that is awesome and then once he actually 
didn't have to wear his because he was wearing the yellow jersey. And then everybody was like, good, we can at least have one extra just in case. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, yeah. That was actually an excellent race, an amazing, amazing race. And he won it riding what? Oh, yeah. He was the only guy actually in his team not riding an Allen bike. Then he was riding a Duarte frame made, made in Bogota, Colombia. Yes. Just like the frame that I have by the same dude. Hell yeah. Might I be get, the same I get, frame. Actually, yeah. And in the frame, it actually says winner. Um, yeah, 1984. Blah, 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 1984. It says that on the actual frame. And here's the kicker. That frame that I have, I've never written because I never put it together. It's a sin, I know, but... How long have you had it? Five years? Might actually be even longer, but about, yeah. Yeah. It's almost there. I just, I never get around to doing things like that. I'm too busy dyeing my hair. Right now, I have a shower cap. I don't know if you can hear the... Can you guys hear that? Yes. I'm scrunching the... Mike, the can you guess cap. why he has a shower cap? Cosplay. Yes. All ding, right. ding, 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 ding. I'm dying my hair. If I told you, do you think there's a lot of crossover between cosplay and people that dress up like things and cycling? Would no. You say <laughs> no, never. No. So uh, I uh, I hadn't dyed my hair in seriously 15, 20 years, something like that. Since I like I removed my mohawk and I stopped dyeing my hair. And um, I was very disappointed. Mike, did you also stop dyeing your hair when you took off your mohawk? When it fell out. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever dye your hair when you had hair? No. No, See, Mike I, is well, too normal. By because, the way, I just ask these questions. I like learning things about Mike. Otherwise, I wouldn't know anything about Mike. <laughs> but anyway, may I finish? I was very disappointed Wait. that I went to the Sally's Beauty Supply and uh, where one goes, you know, to buy such items. And I was like, hey, listen, I haven't, you know, dyed my hair in a long, long time. Um, I'm just curious. How do you, well, you have to buy the developer and you have to buy the powder and then you have to buy Manic Panic. And I was like, wait, what? Developer, powder, Manic Panic? Technology in hair dyeing has not advanced a damn thing since the late 90s. This is ridiculous. Why isn't there like a product that does it all in one? Like... I think the world of chemistry needs to get their act together and come up with a good, like, solution for this. It's a pain in the ass, and it's still a pain in the ass like it was 20 years ago. What if computers today were like computers 20 years ago? Everybody would be complaining. I'm complaining about dyeing my hair. There. Mike, what, what kind of a haircut did you have when you had hair? That's a good question. Like, did you ever spike it up with gel? Did you have a mullet at one point? You no, no mullet. What? How did you get by? Without a mullet during Kind of long on top. It's kind of floppy long on top and then normal on the sides. Let like me, let me ask you this, though. Skater cut? Kind of, not really. At age 20, who was your favorite band? Age 20? Yeah. Or, or, or senior like year. College. Uh, it's probably senior like year in high school. Like or What was it? Like New Order or something like that. Okay, so that's not bad. But see, even if you were like New Order-ish, whatever, so you didn't have like spiky those purple guys, hair. Those guys are normal. I mean, yeah, but their fans are usually more like, you know, people that would listen to that and like Joy Division, maybe sure. like even Bauhaus or something. So they'd be like into like, I don't know, dyeing their hair or something. A little gothy. A little gothy, you know. My hair was black, so I didn't have to dye it. Oh, uh, you were already sad. Was your hair that dark, really? Yeah. Hmm. 
Wow, I love this segment where we learn about my spots. Call on my Wikipedia page. Yes. <laughs> Original hair color. Somebody Fable has to. Somebody has old. to. Yeah. Please update Mike's uh, Wikipedia page. Somebody out there. Yeah, the Wikipedians out there. Remember, it was new order at 20 years old. Hair was already black. Um, okay. I will add one thing. I have an interview up on my blog with a guy that owned and ran one of the post-tour criteriums. Oh, nice. Oh, really? Those are always, asked, always mysterious. And if, so if people out there... Up, like, who, how is the winner picked? How much did you pay for the yellow yeah. jersey to come to the race? Right. And stuff like that. Yeah, so if, if people don't know, if people don't know, um, after, the, after the Tour de France, the, the, the couple of weeks after the Tour de France, they have these criteriums in, uh, in mostly in Belgium, some in Holland, where they invite all these big names and it's not really even teams, it's just random people and like some local riders and whatever. And the, the outcome of the race is pretty determined. And of course, if Chris Froome is invited, he's going to win the race, even though it's a sprint and there's actual sprinters in there, but it doesn't really matter. The idea is to just, you know, it's like kind of like a comic book convention. It's, a, it's an exhibition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's cosplay. Did it's, the guy so did the guy say you can't handle the truth? You can't. You want the truth? You I can't don't. handle the truth. What movie oh. is that? <laughs> A few good men. Yeah, you can't. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I will say this. <clears throat> he was a very nice guy. <sighs> I have met a few people within Belgian cycling that seem a little potentially scary like like mob scary <laughs> they seem like, a little kind of scary like yeah but like the sopranos scary like like the godfather just, scary or you, like you get vibes you get yeah, but what kind of vibes like vibes are gonna rape you or vibes they're gonna like murder your whole family I with a machine gun i want to say because i would be making ac- I, i've already said too much i just i gotta i think i'm on the wrong podcast i gotta go <laughs> <laughs> no i just there's just weird people that shadiness sometimes. shadiness maybe It's just basically you have to they have or something and you have to ask them like are you sure you're Belgian and not Italian there was just some there was just some vibes but or maybe Russian he more or less answered the questions I mean I don't know I mean people should go and read it but I'll give you a spoiler like how much do you think he gave me an idea of how much he would have to pay for the yellow jersey to come how much thousand euro I would say I was gonna say 70,000 euros he said more than fifty thousand. He would. Yeah. He didn't want to tell me the exact number. God damn it! Yeah, I was right. You were spot on. Yeah, and he did say like he would usually not try to have the yellow jersey win. <laughs> and I like that sometimes. Like they're like that would be too obvious, and I'm like, <laughs> it's like wrestling. But also, I wondered. I thought some of them charged admission, and that's how they made money. But they don't. It's free. Yeah, it's just the sponsorship. city that you're hosting it pays you. Well, there you go. <laughs> right, right. Makes perfect sense too. Yeah, yeah. And he said it's you make a lot of money. And he ran that in the cyclocross race. And now instead he runs a cycling team, cyclocross, and a live like uh, techno music outdoor festival. Perfect. Hmm. Bunch more it's people to rip same. off. You just get people to show up. It's the same model yeah. because I looked, and the uh, the festival is free. Huh. But 
you get sponsors so and the we city where go. you're hosting it pays you and then everyone wins let's do it dude let's go to the techno festival and then do some cyclocross which at the end of the day is pretty much the same thing hey i i think i sent you guys videos the techno party techno i guess now i'm too old people call it like electronic dance music i don't or maybe it's something i don't know i'm one of these people i don't know what anything is anymore but the insane clown posse like party yeah the gathering of the jugglers the um the insane dance parties that go down after cyclocross races in europe are maniacal crazy gigantic tents uh, did, did i think you guys keep all the flyovers up they keep <laughs> all the like obstacles <laughs> they should and people just dance under them yeah, they're it's they're pretty impressive, I have to say. For someone that doesn't attend those types of things. If you gathered five people and played a Silly Dan record, I would think it was a blowout. So what do I know? <laughs> On that note <laughs> Yeah. On the Steely Dan note, you must visit then AlpsAndies.com. To check out uh, the interview Klaus is talking about, then you also must check out gagedesoto.com to see what Mr. Mike Spriggs is up to. Visit speedmetalcycling.com to, I don't know, look at pretty much nothing. And, and after you visit all three of those sites, clear your cache. Please do. Please do. It's way more embarrassing than watching like the worst porn ever. And... Um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next time around and discuss some more ridiculous cycling nonsense. We're out of here. Peace. But the-